Mary Holmes here. Hi, Mary. Hi, Jesse. Nice to see you. Thanks, you too. Yeah. Um, what are we talking about today? You've been having a look at some of the. There's been a bit of volatility in the markets, hasn't there? Yeah, there has. And someone sent me a, an email the other day saying that on the fear and greed scale, you know, there's <laughs> that they that some people in America look at. We're right down on the fear scale, at oh, the fear end of. The I don't scale know that scale. What does that oh, mean? Oh, it's sort of measuring market sentiment, mm-hmm. and it's based on what's happened in the markets lately and you know they they reckon when you go to greed um that means that the markets have gone way up and everybody's very keen <laughs> yeah. and fear is when the markets have gone down and that's when you should buy of course when the markets have gone down you should sell when the markets have gone up if you're going to be in there trading yeah but i maintain that you just actually uh just keep buying steadily regardless and that's what i wanted to talk about today yeah it's interesting um yeah and uh y- I think you got a taxi driver story to begin. Oh yes, that was. I was down in Wellington just a while back, and and got chatting to the taxi driver, and he was t- telling me about a friend of his who, I think, was also a taxi driver, and he just kept putting money steadily into the share market, like a hundred a month or something like that. Mm. I, I don't know how much. Um, but he retired very young with a million dollars because he just, by just steadily doing that mm-hmm. over the years, he, um, it must have been more than a hundred a month, I suppose. Yeah. But the point was that this, this guy said, God, I wish I'd done it. You know, yeah. when, when the markets were looking bad, I didn't want to get into them. And, um, and that's very common reaction. That's always been good. your advice, but actually yes. now you've got some research to back you yes, up. Yes, yes. Sharesies has just issued some some research, and one of the things they found was that they, they divided their investors into regular investors and casual investors. And the regular ones were the ones that put in um, the same amount of money on a steady basis, quite often they reckoned every payday or, or monthly or whatever. Mm. Um, and they tended to go into the same investments. They kept putting more money into the same investments. More than half of them were putting it into funds. Um, and I said, oh, which funds? And they said mostly smart shares and Pathfinder funds were, mm-hmm. were the ones that were popular. Pathfinder funds are not perhaps so well known. They tend to be ethical investments. Mm-hmm. Is that a and brand? It's it's a KiwiSaver provider. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, smart shares is, is an exchange-traded fund, so they're ones that trade on the stock exchange. Mm. But anyway, it was just interesting that those were – very much the dominant investments of these regular investors. I think that's when I started um, following you, Mary, when um, when smart shares were launched. That would have been hmm, maybe early 2000s, late yeah. 90s, and they were, it was called the FONS back then. That's F- right. FNZ. There, was, there was wins and FONS. Yeah, yes, there was a big yes. uh, marketing campaign. And I thought, this sounds quite good, but I need a bit of advice on this. And yes. I think that's when I started reading your column. And, and I, was, yeah. I was very excited. You were keen on it, yeah. Yeah, because I'd been in those funds when I lived in America, Those the index funds we're basically talking about. And finally, New Zealand got some. In, in the in the 90s, I think yeah, I think you're right. It was then, yes, yeah. And so now we've got smart shares, one of the dominant index fund providers. So so these regular investors in in um, sharesies that use sharesies to yeah. to buy and sell their shares, um, they also sometimes invested in individual shares just by the way. And the most common one was Air New Zealand, yeah. which I think is. 
Um, it's a big brand, you know. And, yeah, that's yeah, right. Some good associations. Yeah. People figure it's not going to go broke. Yeah. Um, and these ones buy much more often than they sell these regular investors. So they so they're putting the same amount in on a regular basis, mm. and they're not selling very often at all. They mostly buy. And so compared with the casual investors, which are in and out, they're buying and they're selling. And they're buying a lot of different different investments, perhaps depending on what they've read in the papers or or whatever. Mm. Um, and the regular investors have done much better. They um, have higher average returns mm. and increasingly so over the, the longer the period, the bigger the, the gap between how well the regular investors do and the, and the casual investors. And... So the gap is now five to seven percentage points, and I don't know. So in other words, it's about six percentage points difference between these regular ones and the casual ones and the returns they've got. So I, of course, said, "Well, how big are these returns?" And they said, "Oh, that's commercial, commercially sensitive," <laughs> and wouldn't tell me. So I don't know, but I mean, maybe, maybe it's, for example, nine percent for the regulars versus three percent for the casuals, or. It might. It could be that it's a bit negative lately, and that's why they didn't want to tell me. Yeah. I'm wondering. But the point is, is they do much better. The regular investors are doing much better. Why? Yeah, because they well, they it's because they're putting the same amount in on a regular basis, regardless of what's happening in the markets, and that's called dollar cost averaging, which you and I have talked about. But it was mm. a long way. It was a few years mm. ago. Um, I don't like the expression dollar cost averaging because mm. I think, what does that mean? Um, mm-hmm. It's not intuitive. But um, so goodness knows what the, so forget about the name. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you need to come up with your own name for it. Yeah, yeah, I do. All right. I'll think about yeah. that. Um, but they, um, it works with if any investment where there's fluctuating values. So that would be shares, the values go up and down. It would be funds that hold shares or funds that hold property. So it wouldn't be term deposits and things like that. Mm. It's it's investments where the value is going up and down. Um, so it applies to nearly all KiwiSaver funds. The very, very lowest risk ones, the values don't tend to fluctuate much, although they have lately, but even those. Mm. Um, and non-KiwiSaver funds, it applies to as well as individual shares. So anything that's got a fluctuating value. And what happens is that... Without you realising what's going on necessarily, you're buying more shares or units when they're cheaper. So a very simple example would be if you were putting $100 a week in or $100 a month, when the price of the shares or the units is $20, your $100 will get you 5 Yeah. And when the price is $10, your $100 will get you 10 Yeah. And so basically you're getting more when they're cheap and fewer when they're expensive. And that means that your average price is lower than the market average price because you buy more when they're cheap. Um, Right. Yeah. You're you're not buying one at $20 and one at $10 and one at $5. You're buying more when the price is lower. Yeah. Yeah. And so that that sort of... I think you have explained it to me before, but I've just got it. Yeah. (laughs) It sort of... And it happens... Anyone who's listening and says, I don't know, I can't follow this, Mm. it doesn't matter. It happens whether you understand what's going on or not. Yeah. The point is just putting the same amount in on a regular basis 
what and ignore what's happening in the markets. Don't take any notice of it. So for, for KiwiSavers who are employees, it's happening automatically for them because they're getting, let's say, 3% of their pay going into the funds, whatever's happening in the markets. If you're not an employee and you're in KiwiSaver, it's a good idea Note this, Jesse, because I think you're a bit naughty about this. Yeah. It's a good I idea. I really screwed it up this year. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Don't tell me you didn't get it in at all. No, my, my, I, I got, I got. Okay, what we're talking about is, <laughs> yes, yes. you're meant to put a thousand bucks into your KiwiSaver um, each year in order to guarantee the five hundred dollars that the government gives you back. They give fifty cents for every dollar you put in. So I wind Mary up because each year I put the thousand dollars in on the last possible day to qualify for the five hundred. Yeah. Well, this this year I was organised. I did it two weeks before the deadline, and yeah. I proudly said to my wife, "Hey, I put a thousand bucks in for each of us to get the five hundred dollars." And she said, "But I've been a wage earner this year. I've, uh, I've already oh. put in my thousand dollars." Oh, that's not so. So now I had to put a thousand dollars that I didn't mean to in there. <laughs> but that's not so terrible because it's in KiwiSaver and it'll earn. Yeah, it'd be better paying off my mortgage and, though. Yeah, well, yes, but yeah, it's not. I would have at least liked the option, Mary, rather and than to do it by mistake. Just by yeah, <laughs> just by the way, um, it's actually strictly speaking a thousand and forty-two a year to get the five twenty-one, but it's near enough to a thousand. Near enough to a thousand. Um, so what I would advocate Jesse does mm. is put $87 a month instead of the 1042 a year because then you're getting this dollar cost averaging. Oh, yeah, that's putting good, it in, good point, yeah. Putting it in, and when the markets are down, your $87 is getting you more units. And when the market is up, it's getting you not so many units. Is it possible that sometimes I'll win... And sometimes I'll lose. Um, and over time, that will average out to be a dollar cost average anyway. Well, you're putting it every year as opposed to once yeah. every 10 years. Yeah. Well, well, once every 10 years isn't going to work with the government <laughs> contribution anyway. So, yeah, no, that's a pretty poor argument, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Um, or you can do $20 a week. Yeah. That's another way to do it. And, you know, the one of the advantages of that is that that it's you don't even notice it if you've got twenty dollars a week coming out of your account. It's mm-hmm. well, you you might notice it, but it's not very painful for most people. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yes, um, so it's not just KiwiSaver. Though. I'm talking, you know, any other investment you might be doing extra into KiwiSaver, or you might be doing other investments. As long as the value of them fluctuates, then um, you are dollar cost averaging, whether or not you know it. Um, it also applies when you're moving from one risk level to another. So mm. if you're in in KiwiSaver and you're getting closer to the time you're going to spend the money, either on a first home or in retirement, so you're reducing your risk, you're moving. Now, I don't like people doing this because the markets have gone down, but I do like people doing it if they're getting closer to spending the money. Yeah. So they're moving their money from a growth fund or a balanced fund or something into a conservative fund. And people say to me, well, should I do that now or should I wait a bit because, you know, the prices might move in a way that would favour me. And I usually say I'll perhaps move it in, say, three lots, three or four lots, you know, and do it once a month for three or four months. Mm. And then you do actually dollar cost average that move, Mm. if you see what I mean. Or if you were transferring money between countries, people, so the foreign exchange rate varies. I mean, that's also 
something else that's fluctuating in value, mm-hmm. the value of the Kiwi dollar, for example, do it in three or four lots. Don't make around for too long, but just because um, <laughs> you want to get on and do yeah, it, yeah. you know. But um, but doing it over, say, three lots over three months is is a good idea. A um, couple of other advantages of it, um, if you set up an automatic transfer to, to do this, which for you would be out of your bank account into, into your KiwiSaver, for example, um, then you don't forget it and it's easier to budget. It's just sort of all... Whereas, I mean, you must admit that even you, Jesse, on your huge income must notice putting $1,000 in. It hurts. And, yeah, in a lump sum. Whereas if you did 20 a week, you probably wouldn't really notice it. I feel um, very victimised by this week's topic. <laughs> As you have confessed to this, and you, yeah, you take you're too gleeful when you tell me you've been naughty. Can you uh, can you help Helen out? She says, Mary, do you still get the government contribution to KiwiSaver when your contributions are voluntary and not based on work? I think she means not not put through the work system. Yeah, anybody, whether they work or not, anybody at all, if you get your thousand and forty two, and the government will give you five twenty one. If you get twenty dollars in a year, the government will give you ten, so it's half of what you've put in. Yeah, and it, it's nothing to do with mm. whether you're working or not. Are you going to be um, between eighteen and sixty-five too? Absolutely, very good point. Yes, oh. under 18s don't get it. Over 65s don't get it. But um, so everybody else should be really making the most and getting it every year because mm. it's you know it's five hundred and twenty-one dollars. Um, I mean, the other big advantage of it all is that you can just ignore market movements, and that's what I've done all my adult life, really, because I first learned about this stuff when I was at the University of Chicago in the mm. 70s. Um, just put, just keep steadily putting your money in, and you don't have to worry about when the share markets go up or down. You just take a mild interest in it, perhaps, but it's not really affecting your decisions to mm. do anything. So it's actually a lazy way of doing it. Um, what- and in fact, you often say... Avoid a volatile fund or a vol- volatile um, investment strategy if you don't have the uh, the nerves for it. But yes. you could think about it another way and say, actually, if you get your head around it properly, this is a very zen way to invest. Yeah, yes, yes, it is. It's sort of that's right, and it, and you can even say when prices go down, you can say, oh, good, my hundred dollars a month gets me more units this month. Yeah. Um. I mean, in general, of course, you're not happy because the bulk of your money that's already in there mm-hmm. its value has dropped but you you know you, there is a little um, brightener in it in that you, yeah. your regular contribution is, is and, and if you're uh, probably diversified and if you believe in the markets and you know 2,000 years of markets have shown this, it will eventually go up again. So unless you're, unless you're planning to uh, sell it all off and take the cash, which hopefully you're not planning to do because you wouldn't be in shares anyway. But you, by, See, I'm learning. Yeah, that's right. By the time you're getting to the point of spending it, you've got it into lower risk. Just one final point about it. If you've got a lump sum to, to deposit into into KiwiSaver or into any other investment, the question then is should you dribble that out over over months or put it all in at once? And the answer to that is there's no actually right answer mm. um, because 
in the meantime, your money's probably sitting in a bank account and in most market conditions, not so much at the moment, most market conditions it's going to earn less in the bank account than it is if it's been put into an investment. But nonetheless, it's still quite good to just do three or four different lots, say a month apart, which I was talking about before, because... You otherwise you can get terribly bad luck and put the whole lot in at just the wrong time, yeah. you know, right when the prices are high. But you wouldn't so. do it every six months because otherwise that extra money is just sitting there doing nothing. That's I suppose right. you could have it in a term deposit. Maybe. Yes, yeah. yeah. And and as I was saying, these days that that does you quite well in a term deposit. But usually, term deposit interest rates will go down. Um, sometime in the next few years. I'm not saying they won't necessarily go up a wee bit more in the meantime, mm. but but they're not usually um, anywhere near the returns you get on in, say, a KiwiSaver fund. And something people forget is term deposits, that's taxed. So the money you put in a term deposit that's paying you 6% is probably only really paying you 4 yeah. depending on your tax rate. Can we yeah. do two minutes of quick fire? Sure, yeah. Maybe... 90 seconds. Um, what is the cut-off date, please, for KiwiSaver contributions? It's it's um, January the 30th. I'm oh, sorry, June the 30th. Yeah. June the 30th. Um, Do, yes. Yep, someone else. Doesn't IRD hold on to your KiwiSaver money and only put it across every three months? It's not that bad. It's It can be up to two months. That issue's actually come up in my Herald column recently. Okay. And then someone wrote in to me and said, no, mine gets in there within a few days. And I said, he works for a government department, so that could have something to do with okay. it. I said, well, how do you know that it's not two months ago's money that's just come in? And he said, because I'm on an irregular income, mm. and so I've followed it through. So it seems to vary hugely, but it can take um, a few months a couple of months, yeah. Okay, and one final message. Where is my mouse? Laura says, I adore Mary. Her advice has changed my life, and I'll be forever grateful to RNZ for giving her a platform. Thank you heaps. Oh, that's Is that so a nice lovely. one to finish with? That's lovely. Thank you very much, Laura. Thanks. That's kind. See you in two weeks. Yes, yeah, see you, Jesse. Time Bye. for headlines.